At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Project Life Mastery Podcast. I'm Stephen James, founder of ProjectLifeMastery.com internet entrepreneur and life coach with a passion for living life to the fullest and fulfilling my potential as a human being. My purpose for this podcast is to be a powerful and passionate example of the unlimited possibilities that life offers for any of us that has the courage to commit ourselves to life mastery while sharing ideas, concepts, and strategies that can help you master every area of your life from your health, mindset, emotions, business, finances, relationships, and spirituality. Now, if you're someone like me that is hungry to take their life to the next level, then you're in the right place. Welcome and let's begin. Hey everyone, this is Stephen James from Project Life Mastery and today I'm going to share with you a beginner stock investment portfolio. If you're brand new at investing in the stock market but you don't know where to start, you don't know what to invest in, then this is for you because I'm going to break down specifically the investments and the stocks that I personally own and invest in myself. They're staples of my portfolio. I believe that they should be staples of everyone's portfolio, especially if you're a beginner. But I'm also going to share with you exactly what I'd do if I was starting over today. This is the portfolio that I would start with. It's a fairly conservative portfolio that does have certain levels of risk as well. And we'll talk about that depending on where you are, your threshold for risk and how much you might be willing to take. And this is primarily going to be made up of index funds, which I'll explain what those are if you're not familiar, as well as some individual stocks and companies as well. But you can customize and play around with this based on where you're at and how much risk that you might want to take. Now, I do got to mention as a disclaimer that I am not a financial advisor. This is not investment advice. Uh, I'm just someone sharing with you my experience. I've made a lot of money in the stock market. Um, these are my opinions as well. And it does not substitute for you doing your own research. I believe that you as an individual got to understand the risks involved in investing in the stock market. You got to do your own research, your own due diligence, and make your own decisions about where you're going to invest your money. But I do believe what I'm going to share with you can yield you great returns for many decades. And I do believe this is a fantastic way to get started, but you got to be responsible for your own decisions on how you invest your money. Now, with that being said, I want to mention that what I'm going to share with you is a long-term investment portfolio. This is not a portfolio to try to get rich quick or anything like that. Uh, I don't really believe in that. I believe in, as an investor, investing for the long-term. It's very difficult to trade. It's very difficult to try to speculate you know, if you buy a company or if you buy a stock where it's going to be tomorrow or 30 days from now or even next year. But everything I'm going to share with you long term, if you continue to hold and even add to your investment portfolio, then you'll continue to make money. 
you got to understand the nature of the stock market is that it's volatile. There's many ups and there's many downs. You know, we just had a big crash that occurred during the pandemic. And if you're fearful, if you panicked and you sold during that time, you would have lost a lot of money. But if you were to hold your money and just wait it out, things always recover and they end up going better than they were before. So understanding the nature of the market, understanding that typically every year in the market, there's a correction. A correction is when the market will drop up to 10%. Now, if you're a long-term investor, that doesn't panic you. That doesn't worry you because you know things will recover. In fact, you might even be excited because it's an opportunity for you to buy more of the positions that you have at a cheaper price. And then usually every decade or so, every 10 years, there's a crash with the most recent one being what we just had during the pandemic. And, you know, right now the market's kind of a weird time and there's inflation and there's, uh, you know, uh, a lot of things that are happening in the world right now, this pandemic of what we're going through. And so it's a very unusual time to be investing. But that's why if you just put out of your mind anything short term and you just accept and look at the long term, then you're not going to get too worried about whatever happens in the short term. What you should be thinking about with any investment portfolio is decades from now, your retirement. And I understand everybody that's watching this or listening, you might be in a different position. You might be young in your 20s and you have a lot of time on your side. You could really benefit from compounding and holding this. In fact, the younger that you start, the more that you make long-term through compounding. But you might be older. You might be someone you know, who's in their 50s or 60s and you can't afford to take on as much risk. You don't have as much time on your side. You can't really go through you know, another crash because you need that money for your income. It's important to understand where you are because that will help determine exactly how you should invest and where you should invest your money. But nonetheless, we'll be talking about that throughout this training and I'll be sharing with you the investments and showing you on my screen different investments that I think are great staples to get started with. And I'm gonna assume that you're brand new as a beginner, but if you're more intermediate, more advanced, guess what? These are all great investments that I think that should still be a staple of anyone's portfolio. You know, even for me at this stage, I'm always adding to these positions because these are my long-term ones that I believe uh, are the best. So this is diversified, and I think this can provide some really great returns for you over the long run. So with that being said, let's dive in. So the first investment that I believe is a staple of everyone's portfolio is going to be based on index funds. And I'll explain what those are, but the first one would be the Vanguard S&P 500 Index ETF. And if you've watched my videos in the past, then you already know about this one. I've talked about it many times before. But essentially what this is, this is a stock that you're going to buy in the stock market that essentially owns the S&P, it's essentially tracks the S&P 500, which is the Standard & Poor 500, the top 500 companies in the United States. Now, the United States is the world's largest economy. It yields the greatest returns out of any other country or any other economy out there. And it consists of the biggest companies in the world. Uh, the greatest investor of all time, in my opinion, someone like Warren Buffett, has said for the average investor, the best thing you could do is just investing in the S&P 500 index. In fact, Warren Buffett's even said that when he passes away, his wife, 90% of her money is going to be just in the S&P 500 index. Uh, you know, he said he would even bet his company, Berkshire Hathaway, which is one of the biggest companies in the world, he would not bet what he can perform versus uh, the returns that he can get, can get versus the performance of the S&P 500 index. So Warren Buffett, among many of the biggest and greatest investors of all time, you know, they've recommended the S&P 500 index. Uh, Jack Bogle, who's the founder of Vanguard and kind of the godfather of index funds, has also been a, you know, a big, um, you know, really helped 
push the boom of index funds and ETFs. So I believe that if you're just getting started, this is one of the best and most important investments that you could hold. Uh, this gives you diversification across all the biggest companies in the United States. They're all large cap companies, uh, multi-billion dollar, even trillion dollar companies. And um, you're betting on the biggest and greatest economy in the world, which is the United States. So typically the S&P 500 historically has returned about 10% a year. That's a great return to be able to get. And it does pay a bit of a dividend as well. Now, when I do my research, I like to use something called Yahoo Finance. And I'm just gonna show you just a few things here real quick about this index fund and this investment. If you wanna look it up, you can do your research and you can buy it as well. But I'm gonna link below in the description to all the things that I reference and mention in this video because there's gonna be quite a bit. And I wanna make sure that you can get access to your research as well. So this is uh, Yahoo Finance right here. This is the Vanguard S&P 500 ETF. The ticker for this is VOO. So whatever brokerage account that you might be using, you can type in VOO and that would give you the ability to buy this one. Now this trades on the New York Stock Exchange in US currency. And so depending on your brokerage account and where you live in the world, uh, if you live with the United States, then you, know, you have access to be able to invest on the New York Stock Exchange. But even if you live in another country, even if you live in Canada or Europe, Brokerage accounts typically give you the ability to invest in other exchanges internationally. And so I understand that some of you watching this right now, you don't live in the United States. That doesn't have to stop you or prevent you from investing in the companies that I'm gonna be sharing with you in this video. Uh, in fact, if you live in Canada, on the Toronto Stock Exchange, Vanguard has many products there as well. You can actually buy this very index as well on Canadian currency on the Toronto Stock Exchange. The ticker for that is VFV. Okay, that's the Vanguard S&P 500 index. So you can look that up if you're a Canadian and buy Canadian currency, depending on where you live. You can also do some research to be able to invest in the S&P 500. But um, for me, I live, for example, in Panama, but my brokerage account is in the United States and I invest in Canada, the US and internationally. So there might be a little bit more hurdles based on what I'm sharing with you based on where you live that you have to do some further research on. But nonetheless, it shouldn't stop you to benefit from this portfolio that I'm gonna be sharing with you. Now, there's a few things I wanna share with you here on Yahoo Finance that if you're brand new, you might not be aware of, so I wanna point some important things for you. Uh, here is the price currently of what the stock is trading at, $409. Here we can see the net assets, so this is the market cap, $753 billion that's currently right now in this, uh, this index fund. We can see here the yield. A yield is the dividends that are getting paid out on an annual basis by being a shareholder of this. And so because this holds many companies that pay dividends, you can benefit from some of those dividends uh, by holding this ETF as well. So 1.34%, that's the dividend yield. Um, we can see the expense ratio, which is basically the fee that you have to pay every year for owning this ETF. The reason why I like Vanguard products is because they have the lowest fees out of all the different you know, ETFs and index funds that exist. So they're really great to hold and they're the most popular ones, I'd say. Uh, if you look at the chart here, we can just see how it's performed over the last year to date. We can look over the last year, the last five years. You, know, you can just see that this is the dip that we had during the pandemic in March and that was the crash, but look how it's performed and how it's recovered since then. So historically, you can look to see you know, how it's performed. Uh, this one is only going back to um, 2010 because I think that was the inception of this ETF. But you can even look at charts to see how the S&P 500 has performed 
since its inception. And historically, it's been about a 10% return every single year. Now, if I scroll down here, I can see what the top holdings are. So this will give you an idea of what this index fund is gonna hold and how much is weighted for different companies. So for example, you can see by owning this, you're owning a piece of Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, Alphabet is, is known as Google, Berkshire Hathaway, that's Warren Buffett's company, Tesla, NVIDIA, JP Morgan Chase, and there's many others as well. Uh, down here, you can see the fund summary. So this will describe what the fund and what the purpose of the fund is. And another website I like to use is ETF.com. Uh, ETF stands for Exchange Traded Fund, which is what this essentially is. And if you scroll down, I just, I'll link to this below as well, but here you can actually see a little bit more about the returns. So you can see year to date, it's returned 17% uh, over one year, 27%, three years, 19%, five years, 17%, 10 years, 16%. And so we've had quite an incredible bull run over the last 10 years. And uh, you could have benefited from a lot of that growth by owning this index fund. And if you scroll down, you can see more about it here. You can see the top sectors of how this ETF is divided. So it's heavily weighted in technology. So those are coming to Apple, Microsoft, Tesla, Google, et cetera. Uh, but it also gives you exposure to consumer cyclicals, financials, healthcare, industrials, you know, utilities, energy, et cetera. So you get a lot of diversification by owning this. And if you wanna look at more of the holdings here, you can see all 500 different companies that this holds. So I believe that this is a great investment to get started with based on the advice of Warren Buffett and some of the greatest investors. And it's a staple of my portfolio. I'm always adding more to it. Whenever there's a correction or a crash, I add larger sums to it, as well as doing something called dollar cost averaging, which is every single month, I just put a certain amount of money into this ETF and some of the other investments that I'm gonna share with you. When you do dollar cost averaging, sometimes you buy it when it's high, sometimes when it's low, but you're kinda of usually getting somewhere in the middle. So dollar cost averaging is an important concept to understand as an investor. Now the second stock in this portfolio is gonna be the Vanguard Total World Stock Market Index ETF. The ticker for this one is VT. This is another index fund that's gonna give you exposure to not just the United States, but the biggest companies in the world. So it's primarily weighted towards the United States by about 50%, but it also includes the biggest companies in Canada, China, Europe, South America, Taiwan. Uh, it gives you more global exposure. And the one downside of the S&P 500 index ETF is that it's more weighted in the US economy. Now, the US economy is gonna get you the greatest returns out of any other economy in the world, but it's also smart to be diversified outside of the United States. And so that's why I like this total world stock ETF is because it gives you more international exposure. Now, if we're to look here on Yahoo Finance, the ticker again is VT. This is the current trading price. Uh, if we come down and look at the net assets, it's $30 billion. It does have a bit of a higher yield at 1.65%. Okay, so that's the dividend that you get paid out every year. And usually these pay out every quarter, so every three months. And the expense ratio is 0.08%. And the reason why expense ratios are so low for index funds is because they're passive. There's no active management. There's no mutual fund manager that you know, you're having to pay at a higher fee for them to, to try to trade in different stocks and try to time the market. Uh, this is passively managed. That's why there's hardly any fees associated with it.
Now, if we come here to ETF.com and we look at some more information about this, you can see how it's returned year to date, 12, 12%. Uh, one year has been 26%. Three years has been almost 14%. Five years, 13%. 10 years, 12%. And so it's also got fantastic returns over the last decade. If we come down here, we can see the top 10 countries. So you can still see that it's about 59% weighted in the United States. And the reason why these returns are actually pretty good is because of how much is weighted in the United States. Look, you can invest in China or in Canada or in Europe, but you're just not going to get as good returns as the United States because the biggest and greatest companies are in the United States. And that's why it's important to get exposure to the U.S. economy. Um, now, so that's why, you know, it's primarily weighted in the United States biggest companies are there, but it also gives you some exposure to Japan and the United Kingdom and Hong Kong and France and Canada and Switzerland, Germany, Taiwan, Australia, as among you know other countries as well. Uh, here are the top 10 sectors. So it's heavily weighted in technology as well. So there is some overlap. There's quite a bit of overlap, about 58% overlap on the Vanguard S&P 500 ETF, but it still gives you more international exposure, which is also good. So here are, the, here are the top 10 sectors, here are the top 10 holdings. Now this one here actually holds over 9,000 different companies, which is the previous one is the top 500 companies in the United States. So a lot more diversification. You can see a lot of the same companies that it holds, but some international ones would be, you know, Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing, Tencent Holdings, you know, it's got Alibaba, and many other international companies, which I'm not that familiar with, but they're the biggest companies in the world, essentially. So I like this index fund because it gives you some global exposure as well. You're incredibly diversified already just with these two index funds. So you're already in a really great position. And honestly, if you are someone that's starting with, let's say, $10,000, just investing in one of these is probably enough for you. If you have more than that, you could explore two or maybe more. And, and kind of branch out, but you're already getting so much diversification just by owning one of these two index funds that I just shared with you. Now, with that being said, let's keep going. I'm gonna share with you guys a few more that I think are really important and worth considering and adding in. And the third one that I'd highly recommend would be something that provides higher dividends for you. Because right now, these two previous uh, index funds, they do pay dividends, but they're not really known for dividend-paying stocks. Um, there are other investments that can provide dividends, which are great to have if you want more income. And so there's two here that I could recommend, and they're kind of interchangeable. If you want dividends, the first place that I would look would be in real estate. So there is an index fund that can give you exposure to real estate, and that'd be the Vanguard Real Estate Index Fund ETF. Ticker for this one is VNQ. Now, this invests in real estate investment trusts, REITs, R-E-I-T. These are basically companies that hold real estate. And I think we can all agree that real estate is a great long-term investment. It's something that you're kind of lacking by the first two index funds that I shared with you. And real estate performs a little bit differently than the stock market. So it's great to get exposure to that sector as well. Now, this Vanguard Real Estate Index ETF, if you look at it here, you can see the net assets are $77 billion and the yield is a lot higher than the other index funds that I shared with you. This one's over 2%, 2.34%, which is still pretty good for an investment like this because there's still a lot of growth that you're getting. You're not just getting dividends, but you're also getting growth from it. Of course, there are many 
stocks you can buy that provide dividends of 3% or larger than that. But you're not going to be as diversified as you will with this. And you're not going to get the growth that this can provide for you as well. Often when it comes to dividends, you've got to sometimes weigh growth over the income. And if you have more time on your side, usually you want the growth because usually companies that are paying out high dividends, they're paying out a lot of their profits and they're not reinvesting that money to be able to grow the company as much. And so this does hold a lot of companies, a lot of real estate investment trusts that pay really high dividends, but also growing as real estate grows. The kind of real estate companies that you're holding here are commercial real estate, residential real estate, like houses and apartment buildings, senior housing, hotels, shopping centers, you name it. You're getting such a broad exposure to the real estate segment, which I really like. Now, coming back down here, we can see the expense ratio is a little bit higher at 0.12%, but it's still incredibly low. Um, we can come down here and see some of the holdings and how it's been allocated. So here are some of the top holdings here. Uh, you might may or may not recognize some of these, but these are the different real estate investment trusts that it holds. And if we come here to VNQ on ETF.com, then we could see what the return's been just over the last, just year to date, by the way, it's been 25%. So that's even outperforming the S&P 500. Uh, real estate has been a good place to put your money as a hedge against inflation. Uh, over the last year, 29%, three years, 15%, nine years, 9%, 10 years, 11%. So over decades, it hasn't performed as well. But during times like this with inflation, uh, it could be a great place to put some of your money. Another index fund that you could consider for dividends could be the Vanguard High Yield Index ETF. The ticker is VYM. Now, this one is holding a lot of dividend-paying stocks and also stocks that are also growing as well. In fact, a lot of the companies that are in this index fund are the dividend aristocrats. These are companies that, uh, there's 65 of them, but essentially over the last 25 years, they've increased their dividend payouts. And they're also large cap companies, they're on the S&P 500. Now, a lot of these are redundant to the first two index, the, you know, the Vanguard S&P 500 and the total global one. You know, you're essentially, owning the, some of the same companies, but there are more that will pay a higher yield if you do want a little bit higher of a yield as well. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. So this one's 2.79%, which is a pretty good yield, as well as benefiting from some of the growth. The expense ratio is 0.06%. And if we pull it up here, we can see how it's returned. Now, year to date, it's been 16%, one year, 27%, three years, 11, five years, 11, 10 years, almost 13%. So still great growth that you're getting on top of the, the dividends that are being paid out. And if you come down here, you can learn a little bit more about their holdings. You can see JP Morgan Chase, Johnson & Johnson, Home Depot, Procter & Gamble. So a lot of the ones on the S&P 500 that you're owning here, as well as a few others as well. So. I would say that if you're looking for dividends and you still want to stay with an index fund, then either of those two would work, the real estate or the high yield index ETF. Uh, if you want to own both, you can. I definitely do. 
but considering how much money you have, it might not be worthwhile to you know, own the Vanguard high yield one when you're already own, owning a lot of those same companies. You might just choose the real estate one just to get some more exposure and be more diversified in a different sector. Okay, so we've covered index funds, and I believe that starting with three of those index funds will give you a lot of diversification and some great returns. You've got exposure to the US economy, we've got exposure internationally to the biggest companies in the entire world, and we've got exposure to the real estate sector in the United States, as well as some great dividends that you can receive from that as well. At this point of your portfolio, you can now decide if you wanna take on greater risk, because those index funds are very diversified, you're probably gonna get at least 10% return every single year, maybe even more depending on you know, how the market's going. But it's pretty reliable and it's a great long-term. You're not gonna to have to worry about that for many decades. Now, at a certain point, you might decide that you wanna add some individual companies to your portfolio. But you gotta understand there's higher risk associated with that because you're not just buying a sector, you're choosing individual companies out of maybe some of the companies in these indexes. And there's more risk because you know, if something happens to that company, you don't know where it's gonna be maybe 10 or 20 or 30 years from now. There's certain regulations or things that change in government or many things that can occur that is putting your money more at risk where you can lose money. But at the same time, you can get greater growth. You can get greater growth than 10% a year if you choose certain companies that are gonna grow at a much faster pace. And so when it comes to investing in individual companies, um, I would recommend when you're first starting investing in the large cap or the mega large cap companies. These are the biggest companies in the world. And if you want growth, I believe that the way to go for that is in technology. Uh, already you can see the S&P 500 and some of these are more weighted in technology, but there's a lot of great tech companies that are just getting crazy growth, crazy returns, and technology is our future. And so I'll give you a few different companies that you can research and look into. Uh, you can pick one or even more of these. But some of my favorite tech companies and the ones that I've made the most money from have been Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Apple, and Tesla. Okay, those are the top five that I'd say are my favorite ones that you could argue right now they're overvalued, they're overpriced. All tech companies are over, overpriced for sure. But there's still so much upside and these companies are so big. Uh, a lot of these are trillion dollar companies and uh, they're very diversified even in and of itself. A lot of people don't realize a company like Amazon, I mean, they're the leader in retail, you know, uh, uh, online retail, but what they've done and how they're pivoting into different markets is pretty incredible. It adds more diversification. So Amazon has gotten into, you know, Amazon Prime and Prime Video and music and they sell books. They have cloud, you know, with Amazon Web Services, uh, you know, providing hosting for many different websites, some of the biggest websites in the world. Um, so they're very diversified as a business. And these are, you know, a company like Amazon and all the other ones, they're really well managed. They don't have that much competition. They've got billions of dollars in cash. And so their balance sheets are incredible. Uh, you know, you look at a company like Google, you know, the search engine that they are and their advertising platform, but also, on you know video and uh, you know how they've you know gotten exposure to artificial intelligence and many other products, many other segments as well. These are really powerful companies that I think are worth investing in and holding long term. And so uh, it's very difficult to determine which one you should go with. Um, you know you have to do your own research to, to to determine which out of the top tech companies are the ones that you want to invest and you want to hold long term and continue adding more money to. 
but I really don't think you can go wrong with either of those top five that I've shared with you. Uh, I've made the most from Tesla. Uh, Tesla, I really love their management with Elon Musk. I love their innovation. Um, you know, there is competition, of course, with other electric vehicles, vehicle companies that are out there. Uh, but they're segmenting into a lot of different markets and sectors as well, which is pretty exciting. Uh, so any of those, I think you could do really great, get some great returns with long term if you're okay with taking on the risk of owning some of those individual companies. Now, just to give you an example, there are huge, massive companies, even in the tech space, that have taken some hits. You know, one of them being Facebook. You know, Facebook has been an incredible growth company, incredible uh, returns if you've invested in Facebook. I've made a lot of money owning Facebook, but they've been under a lot of pressure by the media as well as governments and regulators. Uh, they've gotten a lot of negative press and that's hurt the value of it. So that's something that you gotta keep in mind when you own an individual company is that specific news or events that can occur around that could you know, make your investment take a hit. Another company that I've loved has been Alibaba. Alibaba being one of the biggest companies in China. Uh, they recently slashed their market cap in half. They were trading at over $300 a share and then they crashed and dropped down to about $150 a share. And that's primarily because of China cracking down and regulating different things and that's a threat to Alibaba's business. Now, that's a company that's doing everything right in terms of their management, their, their balance sheet, their cash flow, their business model is incredible, but one force like government regulation can have a huge effect on that individual company and has obviously hurt that investment. And that's one threat that still is lingering with the tech space is these companies are becoming so powerful that you know, uh, you know, Congress has been debating and there's a lot of stuff going on right now about whether they're gonna crack down or split up these companies or whatever it might be. So there's always that threat, there's always that concern and that's something that you gotta be willing to accept if you're gonna invest in any individual company and to know what you're investing in. One thing I really like from Warren Buffett and many other investors I've learned from is to invest in what you know. And so the tech companies that I invest in, I know all of them. I'm involved in all of them. I use them for my business. I promote and I share them. Amazon's a company that I've sold on for many, many years. Got a lot of experience with Amazon. So I know their business model. I understand a lot of things and I know where they're going. And so that's something that I know that I feel confident investing in. Uh, the same thing I could say with Google. I'm a YouTuber. You know, I've made a lot of money from YouTube. My business is on YouTube. And so I understand their business model and I see the growth and where YouTube is going, where Google is going as a company. And so when you're investing in what you know, I think that's one of the first places to start when you're investing in individual companies. Okay. Now I will mention if you don't feel comfortable with the risk of just taking on individual tech companies or individual company, you can always look for an index. So for example, if you're not sure what to pick out of Amazon and Google and Microsoft and all these big companies in the tech space, you can find indexes that invest in that sector. So for example, one of them would be another Vanguard product called the Vanguard Infotech ETF. The ticker for that one is VGT. This is another one that I own because I wanna get exposure just to technology and I can benefit from all the tech, the biggest tech companies in the United States rather than trying to pick and choose one individual company because I know that tech is gonna go up long term um, but I can't say the same or really know with absolute certainty with some of these individual companies. Now, the other piece that might be missing from this portfolio, I'd say two more things that you could also consider adding. One of them would be more dividends. So let's say that you're someone that 
you know, you're okay with less growth. You'd rather have more dividends. And dividends are great if you want income. Usually though, you're gonna want more income once you need that money and maybe you're closer to retirement. And so if you're closer to retirement, maybe you don't have the, the, the threshold and the tolerance to take on the risk and go through the ups and downs you know, with uh, tech and some of these other sec- sectors. Maybe you need the money from your portfolio, in which case dividends can be great for you. And so some of my favorite places to get dividends, I'd say is in the financial sector. Um, I like a lot of bank stocks. And for me, being someone that used to live in Canada, I'm very familiar with the Canadian banking system. It's a lot better than the United States. And we've got some incredible companies in Canada that you can consider investing in. The top ones would be uh, Bank of Montreal, BMO, uh, would be Bank of Nova Scotia, BNS, uh, RBC, uh, which is the Royal Bank of Canada. Uh, we've got uh, TD Bank, Toronto Dominion Bank. Um, you know, there's CIBC. Those are the biggest banks in Canada that all pay incredible dividends, higher than 3%, I think some of them up to 5% dividends and uh, are been very secure and solid investments over the long term. Now, if you live in the United States, you can buy these companies on the New York Stock Exchange. You know, there's a ticker for each one of them. If you don't want to, you know, use Canadian currency and use the Toronto Stock Exchange, you can still invest in these companies in Canada through the New York Stock Exchange. If you want to stick just to the United States, though, there's some great banks in the U.S. I like Bank of America. I like um, J.P. Morgan Chase. Uh, some of the banks like Wells Fargo and, and Citibank, they took more of a hit during the pandemic. In fact, they even cut their dividends, uh, which is not a good sign. You don't want to invest in companies that their dividends are a little bit shaky and they can't really support it long term. And so they ended up cutting their dividends. Uh, the reason why a company like J.P. Morgan Chase did better is because um, they have a stronger investment banking side of their business. And so they actually did, uh, you know, fared pretty well, I'd say, during the pan- pandemic. Uh, but Bank of America and J.P. Morgan Chase are the biggest ones. And there's other ones that you could also consider as well that also pay some great dividends. You could also look at the energy sector, some great oil companies like Chevron and ExxonMobil that pay great dividends as well. But long term, you could also see how the world is moving away from certain sources of energy and towards more sustainable sources of energy. And you know the world is still run on oil. Uh, we're still very dependent on oil, so that's not going to change anytime soon. And even with electric vehicles, that's hardly putting a dent in these companies. But you know, long term, if you're looking at a portfolio over 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you know, you got to factor that in when you're um, deciding on what you might want to invest in. But nonetheless, the oil and energy sector can do really well for you as well. So I would say building your portfolio primarily off of some index funds. And then deciding how much risk you want to take and what direction you want to go with some individual companies, whether that's some more growth in tech, some higher dividends with maybe some financial companies. The last thing that I'd say that I want to include in a portfolio, and this is really optional. All of this is really optional. You can customize this as you choose. But I know there's a lot of people out there that want to take even greater risk and they want even greater returns. Maybe you're not content with just you know a 10% per year return. Maybe you are someone that's willing to take a greater risk to get a home run in your life. And there's definitely opportunities like that, but you gotta understand the risk associated with that. For me, my number one goal in building any portfolio is to not lose my money. When I make money, I wanna preserve that, I wanna make sure that it grows. But I do have a certain percentage of my portfolio and higher risk investments that I can afford to lose. And sometimes 
I've lost money in some of these high risk you know, investments, but others I've made a lot of money and I've always made more money than I've lost. And so there's many other companies that you can explore, but I'd say that if you want to take on more risk, decide on a certain percentage of your portfolio that you're going to allocate to that. Maybe for you, it's 10%. 10% of your portfolio is going to go to high risk companies. Maybe it's smaller companies. Maybe it's mid cap companies. Maybe it's penny stocks. Maybe it's cryptocurrency. You know, you can decide what is that threshold for you. Um, for me, I think 10% is, is, is pretty good. I know that some people, they go 100%. They're willing to put it all in and you know that's their choice and that's their decision. And some people have made a lot of money doing that, but there's also a lot of people that have lost all their money doing that as well. So allocation is really important. You know, I think that a good allocation, I'd say, would be, especially if you're a beginner, you wanna stay more conservative, maybe 50 to 75% in index funds, and then the other you know, 50 to 25% in, in, in uh, individual companies, and then maybe deciding if you want to have 10% or maybe even 20% in some higher risk investments. Now, I want to mention cryptocurrency because obviously this has been getting the most headlines. Uh, cryptocurrency has actually returned better than all of these investments that I've shared with you over the last decade. Uh, nothing's come close. Um, you know, if you look at the returns of you know these indexes and whatnot, it might be 10% or 20% over the last decade, but cryptocurrency, I think has been over 600%. And so, you know, a lot of people have missed out on a lot of those returns. And I'm someone personally that believes in Bitcoin and Ethereum and blockchain technology. And I think that we're still at the beginning of it and that you can be an early adopter of it and you can benefit massively from it long-term. And so for me personally, I've decided that I'm willing to take on that risk. Uh, I buy and I hold Bitcoin and Ethereum, which is digital gold and digital silver long-term. I do some trading as well, which I can talk about at a different point in another video when it comes to uh, some cryptocurrency. I use bots that do automated trading and whatnot with that. And I do hold a different, you know, a variety of altcoins like Solano and uh, Cardano and, uh, you know, Litecoin and a few others as well that I also like. And I've made a lot of money from it. I made a lot of money from it, but you have to make that decision for yourself. Is that something that you're comfortable taking the risk in? Because there's a lot of volatility with it. Uh, there's a lot of volatility of it going up and down. You know, there's some people I know they put 100% of their money into crypto and they're going for it. And there's people that become crypto millionaires at a, at a young age. Um, but also, there's a lot of people that have lost money as well. So I think when you're formulating your portfolio, it's really worth understanding what is your tolerance for risk. If you're someone who's young, who can afford to take the risk, you got a lot of time on your side, um, and you just wanna go for it, fine. You can customize and change this around in whatever way that you please. If you're someone that has greater responsibility, you have a family, you've got expenses, a mortgage, car payments, kids, all that stuff, I don't think it's the most responsible thing to put all your money in a high-risk investment like cryptocurrency and you know, seeing that go up and down and fluctuate in the ways that it is, because that might drive you crazy. Everyone has a different capacity emotionally as an investor. And I think for most people that are watching this, the average person, index funds is the way to go. Set it, forget it, hold it over the long term, and you'll be fine. Don't get so caught up in the fluctuations over the next week, the next two weeks, that will occur. But as an investor, one thing that I wanna mention as well is how important it is to look at this long term but continue adding to this over the long term. So for example, you might be asking, well, Stefan, I've got 10,000, 50,000, 100,000. Should I just put all my money today, 
you know, in this portfolio that you just shared with me? And the answer to that would be no. Um, I think the better way of going about it is to decide on a certain amount of your money that you're prepared to invest to get started today and to have some positions, but then have a reserve where you can do something called dollar cost averaging, okay, which is basically you just decide a certain amount of money every single week or every single month that you'll be buying on a certain day of, of, of all these stocks that you're going to hold. Okay, you might maybe put more towards the index funds, but you might decide, okay, $300 a month, every single month on the first of the month, I'm going to put into the Vanguard S&P 500. Uh, I don't care what the price is, if it's high, if it's low, it doesn't matter because when you're doing dollar cost averaging every single month, sometimes you buy when it's high, sometimes when it's low, and you get somewhere in the average, somewhere in the middle. And that's, that's what's going to do best and what's been proven to do best long term rather than trying to time the market and try to figure out the best time to get in. So putting in a certain amount, having your reserve, and then also having that reserve if the market does crash or if there's a correction. So for example, recently we had a sell-off in the market. Um, there was a bit of a correction and I used that as an opportunity to buy more because I sit on a lot of cash, over a million dollars of cash I'm sitting on in my brokerage account. That's my reserve and I have that for opportunities that might arise. And so I saw everything that I love and hold long-term was on discount and so I put in, you know, about $200,000 uh, to build up my positions and things have gone up since then. Now, there could be a crash. There could be another correction that's looming on the horizon. That's why it's good to have that reserve when that time comes. But if you spread out your money over time, I think that's the better way to, of approaching building a portfolio when you're first starting out. Now, the last thing I want to mention here real quick is one of the most important things. If you're going to be an investor, and especially if you're just getting started with this, the basis of this and the fundamentals is learning how to manage your existing money. You got to learn how to manage your money to make sure that you have cash flow and disposable income that you can dedicate to building your portfolio. And you can even expand your portfolio and have, you know, many other companies and other index funds if you want. But this is just the beginning for you, but you need money to invest. And so making sure you're managing your finances is really important. Making sure that you're not living above your means, that you're living below your means so that you can save money every single month and invest that money. That's going to be an important thing that can allow you to continue to grow your portfolio over the long term. Now, I did put together a free video training as well as a spreadsheet that I'd love to send you. It uh, basically shows you how to manage your, how to manage your finances. And this video also includes a spreadsheet that you can download that you can copy, that you can use for yourself so that you can track your income and your expenses every single month. If you're interested in this, I'll put a link in the description or if you go to www.projectlifemastery.com slash money, projectlifemastery.com slash money, head to that page and I'll send you an email uh, with the information for the spreadsheet in the video. And by the way, if you're interested in other investing opportunities, other stocks that I'm investing in, even cryptocurrency opportunities and how I'm making money from that, I'm putting together a newsletter where I'll be also sending some more upcoming video trainings as well as just sharing different investments that I'm buying and pursuing myself. And so if you're interested in that, again, go to projectlifemastery.com slash money, put in your name and email, and I'm happy to send you upcoming videos and trainings and opportunities that you can also explore for yourself. Uh, otherwise, I want to thank you so much for your time. I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, give it a thumbs up. Subscribe here on Project Life Mastery for more videos and content on investing, personal development, business, marketing, creating more freedom, creating more fulfillment in your life. That's what Project Life Mastery is really about. Thank you so much. God bless you, and I'll see you again soon.
Thanks for joining me today and listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or received any value, then I'd love for you to leave an honest review on iTunes and subscribe to the Project Life Mastery podcast for future episodes. And of course, to receive more content and value, make sure to find and follow me at www.projectlifemastery.com for more. Thanks again. Remember to always believe and commit your life to mastery. I look forward to talking to you again soon. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.